All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 202. It is free agency madness. The Lakers, Bulls, Miami, Knicks, all extremely proactive. The Clippers have done nothing. Cardiac Kemba is back in the Big Apple. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 202. Uh, Obviously, this is going to be the free agency podcast, and obviously, tampering happens in the NBA because there are more trades and signings within the first five minutes of free agency than I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I think we have to definitely start with your boys with – the newly coined Los Angeles Acres. I really like this name, the Acres. The Acres, as in like shady acres, like a retirement home? No, like like body aches. Like you're getting old and they're the Acres. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I was just, it kept happening, Drew. I know you and I were, were texting each other and I'm like, yo, holy shit, Mello and, and Dwight Howard and then THT signed for 35. And it was like, I woke up in the morning. They were already 60 million over the cap. And I'm just like, Lakers, like you said in the last show, fuck it. If we're going to be 60 million over, let's go 100 million over and let's put all our chips on the table. We're going all in. So let's kind of just talk about the whole revamp of this squad. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with Melo, right? Like, I think it's about time. I think it's six years too late that this finally happened. Um, I'm a little weirded. I mean, it's, it's funny. So your top three players, uh, you know, Westbrook, Westbrook's your highest paid and then LeBron and then AD. So it goes like 44, 41, 37. And then the fourth highest paid player on the team is Luau Dang at 5 million, right? So you wanted to fill out your bench. You filled out your bench. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was uh, pretty chaotic uh, just with the amount of signings and how quick the Lakers were, were, were building this roster out. Right. And on the last episode, I said, I didn't want to judge the, the Westbrook trade until we had a team around him. And, and I thought that was going to take maybe a week, maybe two weeks, not two hours, not, not, yeah, not what amounted to like, you know, uh, two, two to three hours. And, And that part of it to me, how quickly our front office has moved to fill these roster spots I think was really interesting. And I think they did a pretty good job overall. Look, I mean, I wanted, I wanted a, a knockdown shooter. Uh, uh, my list I created after we did the last podcast, I created just, you know, a quick list off the top of my head of shooters that I wanted to be, you know, considered to be on this roster. And we got one of the four that I wrote down, right? So I, I wrote down JJ Redick, who, who I'm still crossing my fingers is going to take a really tiny deal to come on this Lakers team and win a championship. I wanted Kelly Olenek, who ended up going to Detroit for way more money than the Lakers were going to offer him. So right. shout out to you, Kelly. Uh, Lori Markinen, who is still not signed, presumed to be potentially going back to Chicago. That was a guy that I would have loved, too, because I think he and AD could, you know, really kind of space the floor a little bit. Uh, so that remains to be seen. And, and if if he is available and he's willing to take a very small one year deal to like revamp his career, I'm still holding out nope. hope for one. Nobody of those knows about his career, though. We don't know what this guy is capable of. We have no idea. 
Right. He's been injured a lot. He's had three different head coaches. Uh, you know, the system has changed a lot for him. I, not a lot has gone right for him uh, during his stint in Chicago. I still have faith in him because he's a seven footer who can shoot. And like I said, that's all I that's all I wanted. So this, this is my list. And, my, and the last one that I had on my list was Wayne Ellington. And we got him. He was last on my list because, you know, he <laughs> he's an older gentleman. He hasn't done a lot in the NBA. Uh, what he has done is he's he's proven to be a pretty solid three point shooter. And that's that's the first I would say knockdown three point shooter that we have. That's just a three like, a, you know, three a three point shooters, what he is. Um, but I have, you know, the list of players that we've added. And I'll just start with the top. And what I am going to do is break down their their three point percentage for their career and for their last year for each one of these guys to kind of frame what I was hoping for and what we actually ended up with. So we'll start with Westbrook. Obviously, that's a big one. Career. What do you think his career three point percentage is? Twenty eight. You're close. His career and his last season, thirty percent from three. Okay. For the entirety of his wah, career, wah. including last year. <laughs> So that's not great, but we knew that going in. We don't right. expect Russ to be the knockdown three-point shooter, but that is what it is, and it's important to note that because Schroeder shoots at a much higher percentage, for instance, from three. Um, Carmelo Anthony, career, 35% from three. That's solid for us. Last year, he reached 40 for the second time in his entire career. Uh, there was one, I believe, back in 2013 or 14 where he hit 40%. Uh, but last season, 40% from three. The season before with the Blazers, 38% from three. So that's a solid. Dwight Howard, we don't need to talk about him shooting threes, but he's back. I'm happy that Dwight's back. Should have never left. You should have yeah. never gotten rid of him. Yeah, I mean, he took, a, he took a nice little chunk of change from Philly, and he came back, and he's like, cool, I'm, I'm ready to go again for the, for the, the super minimum. Uh, Trevor Ariza, career and last season, 35% from three. That's fine. My favorite signing so far for the Lakers has been Malik Monk. I really like him. I think he's going to be really huge for the second unit. I think at at times we can actually start him potentially. Um, And that is something that's going to be interesting. Having Vogel and LeBron mostly like try to figure out who the other two starters are on this team is going to be a very interesting uh, kind of trial and error, I think, for the Lakers. I think THT with the money you gave him has to be a starter now. Potentially, I think he mm-hmm. does, and I think that works. Honestly, he has good length. Um, I think he is he can be a, a decent shot creator for himself. I think he needs to work on on passing out of uh, his drives. And so once he can try to once he can get to the rack, like if he can do a little bit more of what we had with uh, Caruso, uh, you know, and that one that one really hurt. That one cut me to the core. <laughs> a lot of Laker Caruso. fans were a little sad about that. But Very sad bread. about that. But again that was more money than we were going to pay him. So I'm stoked for Caruso that he got his bag and that he's going to join Lonzo again in Chicago. We're going to talk about Chicago later, but uh, that one hurt. That one cut me to the core. And so, but if THT can provide a little bit more of shot creation for others, that would be huge for this Laker team. And I do think he might actually end up starting, but THT only two years in the league, 28% from three, not good, not good. But back to Malik Monk, my favorite signing, career, not a long career, but his career, 34% from three. Not great. Last year, 40%. So he made a big jump. We'll see if that is sustainable or if he comes back down to like where his average is. Uh, Then you got Kent Bazemore, a former Laker. A lot of these guys have been around before. Uh, Bazemore is one of them. Career, 35%. Last season, 40%. That sounds pretty good. Again, we'll see what those averages out to uh, for this for this particular season, 
Kendrick Nunn, surprising signing for the Lakers. Um, very surprising. I think still very much a question mark as to what he's going to bring for us. But, I, you know, another guard, we definitely needed more guard depth. Uh, and the guy's not scared. He's been to a finals. Uh, he's been thrown out as a starter for Miami over the last, you know, couple seasons and then pulled. So we'll see how he all, you know, how he pans out. But 36% from three uh, for his two years in, in the NBA. And then... Ellington is the guy, right? Career 38% from three, last season 42% from three. And I do think, unfortunately, for us, I think we may have to sacrifice on defense a little bit by having Wayne Ellington on the court a lot because he's he can just be in that corner locked and loaded and he's going to get open looks. I mean, look, KCP shot 40% for us last year and got a lot of open looks. And I, and I have the most confidence out of all the guys that I mentioned in Wayne Ellington knocking those down. I do think Mello will be big. I think Ariza can also do that for us. Baysmore occasionally. But Ellington, I think, is, is going to be the shooter that I've been hoping for, unless, of course, I can get one of those other guys that I've listed. Hmm. So something else that <laughs> we wanted to break down was the ages. So I'll, I'll just break down that real quick. So we have Le- <laughs> Carmelo Anthony is 37, Braun 36, Gasol 36, Ariza 36, Dwight Howard 35, Wayne Ellington 33, Bazemore 32, Russ 32, and then we get our youth, Anthony Davis <laughs> at 28, Nunn at 26, Monk at 23, and THT is 20 years old, which is fantastic. Uh, and we did have quite a few signings on the summer league that I want to touch on that could potentially fill out the roster if we don't end up snagging a couple more veterans or something like that for, for some super minimum money. Uh, not a lot of, you know, standout talent necessarily on the summer league team for the Lakers, but Gonzaga's Joel Ayayi, I think is an interesting player. He was a very good uh, player for Gonzaga. Certainly not necessarily a guy who's going to go out there and, you know, get you 20 points or anything like that, but a very, uh, I think a pretty solid role player. He's a little undersized to be three and D, but I think that's potentially what he could bring. He's on a two-way uh, too. Yeah, exactly. I think I I do think he might actually make the roster. I don't think he's going to play or anything like that. But out of everyone on this roster for the summer league, he's probably my the one guy that I think would probably make the the Lakers regular season roster. We did get Mac McClung, who we talked a little bit about, uh, who played decently. I think he had a couple nice moves out there uh, in the Lakers' first summer league game that happened. He had uh, a rip. He had a really nice rip. Yeah, exactly. And then. There's two other guys, Austin Reeves, who I actually brought up when we were discussing, you know, a little bit about March Madness, uh, Oklahoma, kind of a point guard ish, but I don't know, kind of a, it, it was a weird, he, I don't know what his position is going to be in the NBA. I think if he's going to succeed, it's probably going to be a point guard position for him. He's going to have to get a little tougher and stronger on the ball, but I think he has all the skills. So Austin Reeves, I think is solid. We'll see athletically also if he can like kind of close the gap a little bit. Cause he's not, he's not, you know. Uh, Gordon Hayward kind of athleticism coming out of him for the white guy there he's 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 definitely more like under the rim type of stuff he can dunk uh, but that's an interesting guy and then Tress Trinkle uh, excuse me Tress Tinkle can't do out of out of Oregon State I think that guy could be very interesting from us for us as well Uh, so that's what the Lakers have done in a matter of you know three days or so and I feel pretty good about that I um I think the most impressive part is the speed at which we did this. I, I have to say that. And, that's and, because and LeBron's in the background, Drew. LeBron's the guy that's been doing this shit. I mean, it, it can't be Palinka pulling all these strings. 
the nun thing was surprising to me. The nun was very surprising to me because I didn't know he was even, you know, obviously they, they went with Miami, went with Oladipo today. Right. But yeah, I think it's impressive how fast they work considering. And a lot of teams were doing that. The Bulls, the Knicks, the Lakers. Um, but come on, man, like the age has to, you know, be a concern at some point. This is a young man's game. You are an old basketball team, even though your best, your generational player in Anthony Davis is still young and whatnot. But the age is going to play a factor, don't you think? Yeah, I, yes. I, I think if we're talking about, you know, what the Lakers look like for the next couple seasons, of course, age just has to be the first thing that you mentioned. Like, what what is this team going to look like in two years? But we started the podcast, I think, the the appropriate way by saying this is it's it's about this season right now and it's very clear that we're putting all pushing all the chips in to go for it right now this year uh that's what that whole cleaning house did that's what bringing rust did and all these other free agents so i don't think that in a regular season and one season in particular that age is going to necessarily play that big of a role in just this one season if we're talking about moving forward absolutely i mean who knows and of course you know, with age, I think part of what you're uh, alluding to is that injuries and, and body aches and things like that will come into play for these guys. And so, yes, I do think LeBron James and Anthony Davis need to rest during the regular season so that we don't have them going into the playoffs with another injury like we did last season. Um, and what we're going to be relying on is those guys, you know, it's, it's the rest of those guys to step in, um, you know, when LeBron is out. We'll need Melo to step up. You know, when AD is out. Dwight Howard, I, Mark Gasol, what are we talking about here? I, yeah, that's that's where maybe Melo also needs to step up when Anthony Davis is out because it seems like Melo is the only power forward that we have outside of Anthony Davis. Um, so I'm not necessarily worried about the age of the players for this one season. I'm just not. I think that's just something that, that we're going to ride with. And if – you know, if it happens uh, where we just get completely injured because all these old guys are breaking down, then I think that's something that we're willing to risk. And it's clear that we are because that's, that's just what we did. That's what we had to do. But if you look at the team, I think the most interesting part, I, I, as I mentioned earlier, is like, who's going to be on the starting lineup for this team? And is this the season where Anthony Davis, you know, just sucks it up and goes, fine, I'll be center. I'll just play center for us. And if that is then I think we have a lot of room on this team to like fit in some really fun spots. But if Anthony Davis wants to still play power forward, that means we have to start Marcus all and then bring Dwight Howard off the bench, which I'm fine with too. But Mark is going to have to play much better. And if there is one guy that I'm worried about age wise, I think more than the rest, it's probably Gasol who seems to be, I don't know, I don't know how good of shape he he's in. He wasn't, didn't seem to be in the best of shape last year. Uh, and, and, you know, I think it was kind of a rocky road for him last year when we were trying to figure out what this dynamic was going to be for our center position with Drummond and Harrell in the mix as well. So um, we'll see though. We, I, I'm pretty sure Mark wants to start Gasol. I'm sure he's looking at this roster going, I'm, I think I should start. Uh, but I don't know if that's the case. So my wish is Anthony Davis starts at the center. We got, uh, you know, Mello or LeBron call it what you want at the four, one of those two guys at the four and the three. And then we probably, uh, it's either THT monk or Ellington 
Or I guess Ariza could actually get out there. We'd no, no, long. no, no. Ariza's know, not but he, starting. But Ariza started for Miami so many games, and it blew my mind. So I, I don't want – I want Ariza off the bench. But my – okay, 88 to 5, Melo, LeBron. I'm going to go with THT, and I want Westbrook on the floor. And those are the guys out – I already went through the three-point percentage. THT is the worst three-point shooter, even worse than, than Russell Westbrook. Uh, and so really the only two guys, three guys, it's like Mello, AD, LeBron are our three best shooters on that floor. So Mello and AD are going to be the ones that have to space the floor. And we also hope that THT gets better this offseason at catch and shoot open threes. Catch and shoot open threes. He needs to improve. Drew, Drew's been saying this for four seasons on the follow through with Clips and Drew. Just the 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 three point shooting. But okay, now what about this? It's a whole new team, right? Yeah. New team, new personalities. Everybody talks about how important chemistry is, right? And you know, from from what we've heard about that secret meeting at LeBron's house with Russ and and AD and and LeBron and. They had the conversation of how we're going to put our egos aside and just try to win this chip. And I believe that I really do. I think they can do that. But as a season goes on, you know, you have to have good chemistry. And I think, look, I, I think this is Mello's chance to get a ring. I think he's one of those guys like CP where it's like, we need to get this guy a ring. He deserves a ring. I think it is a little too late. There was a reason why, I mean, he could have been a Laker two years ago, could have played with LeBron anywhere he wanted, but chemistry is going to be an issue. So you're going to have to spend, you know, this off season, which isn't that long, but you're going to have to spend this season figuring out how this is all going to work out. Correct. Chemistry will be the biggest question looming over this Laker team more than age, more than shooting between LeBron and, and Russell Westbrook. Let's just be honest. It's those two guys. And it's cool that they had that meeting, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it couple glasses of wine and LeBron goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put my ego aside. <laughs> yeah. Right, bro. What? Look, if, if the meeting, the realistic version of that meeting is LeBron goes, Russ, if I say, give me the fucking ball, give me the damn ball. I don't want to have any arguments about it. I don't want you shooting that much. Just give me the ball and put, you know, make nice entry post passes into, <laughs> into Anthony Davis. Uh, because I, I really don't want LeBron to be like cool with Russ being the number one option like we have lebron he, he's the best player on the team outside of anthony davis when anthony davis is you know 100 healthy but there's a chance that lebron lets russ run point guard and i i do have to say that like if russ is going to be out there we know he's not an off the ball player he has to have the he has to initiate the offense for us so maybe LeBron looks at that and goes, okay, I've been playing kind of this point guard role for the Lakers for a couple seasons now. It worked really well one season and then we got injured. And so now, you know, we'll kind of see what happens, but maybe LeBron is okay with playing more off the ball this year than he has in, in, for the Lakers in previous seasons. That's the only thing that I can think of because Russ is, is completely ineffective out there without the ball. And it so didn't, it didn't work in Houston. OK, play him playing off the ball and James Harden wasn't something that he was used to doing. And they so, didn't and they stopped him playing off the ball. They, they traded Clint Capella. They mm -hmm. like they moved their whole team so that he could be like the, the, the rebounder and kind of like the center. But the center point point center. <laughs> but he, but he's a point guard and he's six three. So like I, you know, I am I'm very nervous about that. And that, of course, just goes back to like all of the questions that. All of us had when when Russ arrived uh, to this Lakers team. So all of that still needs to be answered. 
But the very first question that had to be answered is who else is going to be on the fucking team? And we did a decent job of that. I still think there might be, you know, one or two other guys. Like I said, I'm crossing my fingers for JJ Redick um, or, or, or some one other shooter that I don't know about (laughs) from, from Spain or some shit. I don't know. Like I want, (laughs) let's get, let's get super deep. Let's get one of the the Slovenian guys that Luca keeps passing to that's knocking down threes. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, you know, I I think I've made my point. I I would love for the Lakers get another shooter, but back to your question, chemistry is everything. And a lot of it's going to be on Vogel. And I, my fear is that Vogel is going to get fired over a like potentially Rocky start. Because LeBron, Russ, AD, these guys aren't going to get blamed if the Lakers don't start hot. If the Lakers start, you know, very mediocre and are like 500 for the first two or three months, everyone's going to be looking at Vogel. And, and my fear is, is that that could become something that forces him out. And then we're, then we're scrapping for a new coach in the middle of a season with this whole new roster. My hope is, is that we actually give Vogel some time to work this out. Um, and on the on a very plus side for for the Lakers with this roster as it is now I actually think we're probably the best team in the west and I think some people might go well fucking duh you have right. Westbrook and LeBron and AD you should be the fucking best team but it, you know it's a it's a 5 on 5 sport <laughs> yeah so uh, there was some serious questions as to whether or not that would be where I where I evaluated them before we got all these guys I have to say I think we're probably the favorites in the west and I feel pretty good about this team a hundred percent. And you should. And you know what? The Lakers did the complete opposite of what the Clippers have been doing. Uh, we didn't do much. I mean, we've been notorious for trying to sign back our own guys. And I think that was our goal f- going into free agency. I mean, we did sign Nicholas Batum to his two year Ibaka opted in and he'll be healthy going into next season, which is cool. But it is a little concerning with Kawhi. All right. You see how proactive LeBron and the Lakers have been with signing their guy. Like, look, man, we need to know if you're going to play or not. Because now all these great free agents are gone. And Kendrick Perkins said something the other day that, and you know, I'm a Kawhi guy. Kawhi saved our franchise. I love Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Kendrick said something, and I don't agree with Kendrick a lot on anything, but he's like, we got to stop giving this dude a pass, right? A pass of just like, you know, not talking to the media, not letting us know what's going on. Like you want to be the head of this franchise, but like, if you're not going to be here, you got to let us know. Cause then we got $30 million to play with or $40 million to play with. And Reggie's taken a little too long to sign too. Like, look at your options. Have you do not, if everybody's moving so fast on the Lakers, knowing like what's happening, what's your agent doing, dude? What is your agent doing? And there's a lot of point guards available right now. And a lot of point guards got, sorry, they were available two days ago and they're not anymore. So I still think Kawhi is going to resign, but Reggie's the most important thing for us. Um, I don't think we necessarily needed to add too much. I mean, the DeMar, the DeMar DeRozan thing was interesting. And especially with Kawhi being out most likely all season or until the playoffs, like, yeah, DeMar would be great. And it's like one minute you get, you get the update from Woj saying DeMar will be meeting with the Los Angeles Clippers tonight. And then four minutes later, he's on the Chicago Bulls. You're like, shit, why are they being so proactive? And we're not where, where is our GM and the people that are, where's Lawrence Frank right now? Like, why weren't you talking to DeMar DeRozan and figuring this shit out? So um, I'm a little frustrated at the fact that 
Kawhi kind of owes us. And I, I know I've always said, like, players don't owe us anything. They really don't. They need to look out for their own best interest. But from what happened with the, the injury and almost making the finals and making the Western Conference finals and us, you know, leveraging our whole franchise so you can get Paul George. And then this shit comes out with, like, Kawhi was trying to get Russ or Russ was trying to come to the Clippers, uh, which kind of negotiated to get Paul George to the Clippers was just a lot of a lot of shit. And I don't know where that information's coming from and whatnot, but I'm a little concerned with the Reggie thing. Uh, we don't have a lot of money to give him. I think we can offer him three year at like 18.5 or 19. And I, he might be able to get a little bit more right now. I know the Pelicans are looking for um, a point guard. I know I heard that they offered Chris Paul. The Pelicans offered Chris Paul a three-year, $100 million deal, which he turned down to stay with the Suns, which was you know, probably a better move for Chris Paul if you're trying to get back to the playoffs and whatnot. The Suns offered him four years for 120. Right. So, right, which will take him till he's 40 years old. And it's just so interesting. Like, congratulations, Chris. You deserve the money. But well when, you, when you get those 20, $30 million deals taking you into your 40th, those are LeBron numbers, right? Like, that's what's that's <laughs> big wild. stuff. That's big stuff for Chris. Right. And I think it was, I think uh, the owner of, of the Suns, I mean, you had to resign Chris Paul. If you lost Chris Paul by lowballing him, you were gonna get you you were gonna get shit because you're already really not liked within that city. But I maybe you know maybe it's working out a little better for him. I'm a little upset at that. I'm glad we got Nico. I wanted Nico back. He was a big part of our offense. If we're gonna lose Kawhi Leonard for the you know till March or April or potentially the whole season, we're gonna see what Terrence Mann you know, has, we drafted three point guards, which we'll be able to see how they play in summer league. I don't think they're going to be, or three guards, excuse me, not necessarily three point guards, but, and you know, who knows if, you know, rookies are going to play. We did sign Brian Shaw, you know, to the coaching staff, which I really like too, but like, look, Kawhi, we got to, we got to get this shit going. We got to know where you stand right now. And, and, you know, there is a few free agents out there that, like you said, the JJ thing's nice. He probably won't come back to LA. I think if it's between the Lakers and Brooklyn, he lives in Brooklyn. I think he would go to Brooklyn. His family's a big part of his life. I think he already played the LA thing. Uh, and I think he'd rather be with the Nets. The Nets are a team that low key had the biggest signing, I thought, with Patty Mills on the two year, $12 million deal. The Spurs just got hosed. Spurs got hosed yet again. Um, so, but, but hold on before we move on to other teams. Yeah. I think it is really important that Kawhi resign with you now because it's the worst case scenario. A, a lot of the major free agents are gone. So if he doesn't and he leaves you with this vacuum, yes, you have money, but who the fuck are you going to bring in now? All the big nobody. boys, all the big boys are in. Yeah, they're nobody. All, all, and so that's why, you know, even especially now, if Kawhi doesn't sign and he didn't communicate that with you beforehand, that's really, that's really fucked up. <laughs> it will, so look. I, I have to, I have to believe that he's going to resign because if he leaves you stranded like this and, and could have maybe helped you by saying, you know, a week or two ago, I'm probably not going to resign. And then, and then he does it like that, that that's about as cold of a transaction from a business standpoint as I would have ever seen uh, that I can recall in recent years from, from a free Drew, agent. Drew, if he doesn't sign with the Paramount, if he doesn't sign with the Clippers, I'm going to go in. Like <laughs> it'll be the, that'll be the biggest hose of all time. And everybody's assuming that it's going to happen. But again, assumptions with Kawhi Leonard, nobody knows because nobody knows this guy, but everybody's assuming he's going to. My whole thing is why isn't it done already? You already know what's laid out there, right? You opted out so you can get the Supermax potentially going into next year without even playing next season. If, even if you sign the one and one right? We're going to get you for maybe 
not one of those ones. He can opt out next summer with the one-on-one and be a free agent again to get to sign a potential Supermax, which hopefully he would sign with the Clippers. But look, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle this year. It's going to be, let's hope we make the five, six seed. I still think we have a really good team. Uh, we need Reggie Jackson for that though. Um, and if we don't, we're going to be in a little bit of trouble, man. Then that's where that's where the Pelicans come in to play for me here. We know that they were actively going after Lowry and Chris Paul, both of which didn't happen. They lose Lonzo. They get they 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 overpay to get Devontae Graham, and they got Sadaransky in a in a in a trade, the sign and trade deal with Lonzo. I still think they're absolutely going to be looking for for either Schroeder or Reggie Jackson at this point. If you're the Pelicans. Why wouldn't you throw a shit ton of money, whatever money you have, uh, to, to intrigue Reggie Jackson to get to your team? I don't know why they wouldn't try that and at least make the Clippers a little nervous and at least make the Clippers go, okay, well, this is literally our best offer to Reggie and we want you to stay. We want you to be here. I think Reggie really liked being on the Clippers last team. I would go as far as to say is he loved being on that team last year. You saw the emotions on his face after they were bounced out in the Western Conference Finals. So I think it's probably safe to say that he wants to come to the Clippers. But again, if, if the Clippers don't, you know, kind of respect that his, his value uh, on this marketplace at this point, I think it would be very easy for the Pelicans or, or even like the Dallas Mavericks to say, Hey, Reggie, here's, here's, you know, three years for, for 60. And, and I, I, that would be my biggest concern outside of Kawhi is that now also the guy that we know that is very important to this Clippers team could potentially be pulled away and, and, and gone to one of these other free agent spots. I agree. And, and this is probably the last good, good contract he's going to get. Maybe, you know, like you said, he cried. He said the Clippers saved him, saved my career. Paul George, you know, I play played it. He played at a vet minimum last year. I think he made 1.6 or something like that. Maybe even less. And the Clippers right now, I don't, we can't give him 20 million a year. And it's, you know, if he can get it somewhere else, then you know what, dude, I'm not going to be upset. He Again, he doesn't owe us anything. But if you're going to the Pelicans, you're not going to be competing for a championship. If we can get, look, this is the goal for the Clippers. You're not going to be competing for a championship this year. Bullshit, bullshit. If we get Kawhi back for the playoffs, no, I think so. I think 100% we can. Again, Drew, health is wealth, man. If, if uh, we don't know what's going forward. I hate the fact that everybody's like, Oh, Lakers, it's Lakers, Brooklyn, no matter what. No, you don't know that. If KD tears his ACL again, or if LeBron goes down, or, you know, who knows, Chicago might be really good. Luka might have the year that we've been waiting for, and he could be, look, anything can happen. To say that we can't compete for a championship, we still can. We still can, Drew. And I have to have faith. I'm not just going to say this season's a wash because we don't have Kawhi the whole season. We played well without him. So it's just, we're going to need more from Paul George. But if we don't have Reggie Jackson and we don't have Kawhi, then yeah, we're back at, at ground zero and it is what it is. So we uh, we're waiting on Kawhi once again. So Kawhi has got us with our thumbs up our asses. And I just wish we were a little more proactive with Reggie. I think that's the biggest thing. I, and perhaps that's why Reggie hasn't been signed yet. I think maybe that's it, right? He's like Kawhi's the first domino, right? The Clippers know they have to nail that first. Then they know exactly how much space they have to offer Reggie. So maybe that's why there's the holdup. And again, it comes back to Kawhi being the fucking weird dude about this stuff. Right. But but I do think that could actually probably be the most realistic reason why Reggie hasn't resigned yet is because they're chill. They're still trying to like fucking figure out the path and the money and, and all of that stuff that goes into Kawhi's resigning. 
before they can set the table for for Reggie and, and but see our back. front office should already have that dialed out. But right? I, I, you can't blame your front office. I don't think. I, I do think it's, I, it's not like Lawrence hasn't been on the phone or at least trying to call Kawhi. You have to assume that he's been fucking knocking on his door every once in a while, and just showing up and be hey, like, "Bro, hey, uh, it's getting a little late here. Get a little late here." Uh, so I just, I have to, I, I do have to say, it's probably Uncle Dennis and Kawhi that are just for whatever reason waiting, and that to me has to have you on pins and needles. We've talked enough about it. Yeah, but I will say this. Kawhi just look, he just bought yesterday a $17 million crib in the Palisades. Like, okay, you're gonna be on the Clippers. Just sign the fucking deal. Just sign the one and one, whatever you want to do. The four years. You got two massive houses in Southern California right. now. So whatever, dude. Yeah. Okay. Just let's move this forward. Okay, moving forward. Another team again that got better. Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Patty Mills to me was a huge pickup. That backcourt of Kyrie and Patty Mills and Blake re-signed again. Um, I thought they were going to throw some money at Drummond, but Drummond ended up in Philly, which I think is hilarious because Embiid and Drummond hate each other. Weirdest, <laughs> like, that was the weirdest one for me. How awkward is that going to be? Philly didn't get much better with Drummond either. I think Drummond's just going to be there for, uh, you know, just in case Embiid goes down. But yeah. really quick, you had mentioned Dennis Schroeder, and I saw a meme yesterday that I thought was so funny, and it's like, Dennis Struder is looking at his phone and he's like, he's checking to see if, if his bars are okay. If he paid his cell phone bill, cause the, the, the calls aren't coming in, turning down that $80 million extension might've been the worst thing he possibly did. Cause we just saw what happened with Drummond. Like you're, you're, you're not getting the money you're supposed to. Now I think with what you said, Schroeder in Dallas would be great. Schroeder in, in the, with the Clippers. If, if we lose Reggie Jackson, I'll be fine with that. I'd rather have Reggie, but Schroeder would be fine for me. Or the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans is, is probably a safety net for Schroeder as well, knowing that they need a starting level point guard there. I think that could work. Uh, the, the interesting thing about the Schroeder piece is that we, we probably could have signed and traded him in, to include him in this Russell Westbrook deal. And what that means to me is that the Wizards were like, we, don't, we do not want Schroeder. That's what that means to me. And so that may that may be kind of indicative of what the market is saying to Schroeder right now, right? And and it was a very heavy point guard free agency class this year, where the majority of the free agents were point guards or, or kind of these zero guards, these tweener guards. And he's he's looking around, and everyone has left the table except for him and Reggie Jackson at this point. And yeah, but with, if, and I'm, if I'm if I'm if I'm Schroeder and I'm and I'm Reggie Jackson, and I see Fournier get seventy four million from the Knicks. You know, like seventy-four million for Evan Fournier, and look, dude. When and then they went and got Kemba too. They, they, the which are going to get Kemba, which I love. Yeah. Kemba back to the Garden is great. You know, Kemba is the the fifth leading scorer opponent scoring at the Garden. You want to know why he averaged twenty-one points a game? Because he loves being in New York, and him in New York is a perfect fit. But again, if I'm Reggie in 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 Schroeder, and I'm seeing Fournier get seventy-four million, I'm a little pissed, and. People have to understand when you have cap space, you have to spend it, right? And you might overspend on other people. I just think the Knicks could have done a little better, a little better than Evan Fournier. You know, I'm not a big fan of him. I'm not a big fan. And I know he's good. Again, he's the, he's the, he's the Jordan in international play, but it right. just seems like, like they jumped the gun on that. Even though the Knicks did get Nerlens Noel back, they did get Derek Rose back, which I like, but then you got Fournier and Kemba, which I don't know. I think the Knicks did okay. I think Fournier's game against the U.S. team lifted his his contract value significantly. I do think the Knicks were after him anyway, right? Simmons keeps talking. Bill Simmons keeps talking about how uh, the Knicks were really in for Hayward last year before he went to Charlotte, and they see Fournier as like Hayward light, 
you know, and Hayward got a shit ton of money in comparison to what they threw at Fournier. So if they're getting, you know, like the B version of what they think they need on this team, which is kind of a, you know, a decent playmaker, decent shot maker, decent defender, uh, really kind of a good team guy, good flow of the offense guy. Orlando was such a shit show for a while, like, or such a just a mediocre existence in Orlando that it was like, oh, yeah, Evan Fournier, he's averaging like 19 points a game for his whole career. That's pretty nice. But that is that is nice. 19 points a game, 20 points a game for your career is pretty fucking hard to do. Uh, so I do think he can provide value. I think Kemba going back there is huge as well because they certainly needed to shore up that point guard position. But back to the Nets, which is where we started with that. The Nets re-signed Blake. You said that already, I think. Patty Mills, Bruce Brown comes back, and James Johnson is there. And they also drafted uh, Cam Thomas um, and uh, uh, Davion Sharp, I believe his first name is Davion Sharp, a big man out of uh, North Carolina. I think the Nets uh, have a significantly deeper team this year, even though they let go of Shamit. We saw that. that Shamit is now in, in, uh, in Phoenix. That dude just keeps bouncing. Uh, but yeah, he's in Phoenix now. And that's great. For, I think that's great for Phoenix just randomly. I think it's a really nice knockdown shooter piece that they can bring in off the bench. But the Nets are very good, <laughs> yeah. right? They, they also, they lost Jeff Green as well. I think Jeff Green went to um, uh, Denver and now they got the Jeff and Jamichael Green. They got the Green brothers over there in Denver. Um, but this Nets team is is very scary. I was very shocked to see Blake Griffin sign for such a small amount of money uh, for a one-year deal. And, and my guess is he was like, I really enjoyed playing on this team. He felt like a part of something for a while that he didn't feel a part of in Detroit. Uh, and I think, you know, really outside of that one Clipper season, what was it, like 2015-ish, where you guys were real close to actually, you know, maybe doing something and getting up to a Western Conference Finals in a finals spot. I think he saw last year for the first time a team that can actually get him along with his performance to a finals appearance for the first time in his career to a potentially a championship and, and be a the part Nets of it. to me and be a part of it, like actually play and be, yeah, and be a major part of it. Be, be the small ball center, be, you know, involved in maybe some power forward stuff for them. But I really, I, you know, as, as, as good as I feel about the Lakers, I feel even better about the Nets. And considering that, you know, we have an offseason now for Kyrie's ankle to fully heal, uh, you got to hope that the, that the trainers are staying on James Harden and making him jog at least a little bit, just a couple jogs, just to keep the pounds a off. Brisk, a brisk sprint, maybe? Yeah, e- even some speed walking, some speed walking there, you know, uh, in, the, in the Brooklyn streets. Uh, something to get his cardio down. And then, of course, Kevin Durant, you know, getting his mojo, continuing to get his mojo back with Team USA. Uh, you know, fingers crossed that he doesn't get injured while he's playing in Tokyo. I think that would be a catastrophe for the Nets. But uh, as good as I was feeling about the Lakers, I think the Nets are by far the best team in the Eastern Conference if everyone is healthy, right? And that's, of course, where every sentence is going to end with if everyone if is healthy, healthy because right. we saw what happened last season. Uh, but that team scares the living shit out of me as a Lakers fan, as a potential finals matchup, uh, because they have all the problems that we don't necessarily have answers for. Uh, and, and, and I think like, similarly, I think their defense is actually going to look pretty good against this Lakers organization, like this Lakers organization and this roster. And in that matchup, I would have to favor the nets. I'm, I mean, I'm a Lakers fan, so I'm always going to be pulling for the Lakers, but we're getting way out ahead, but if that is the matchup, I think I'm taking the Nets in that matchup because they're just lethal, bro. 
and they're good and they're deep and uh, they're going to be really tough to beat this year. Even, even though the Bucks are still quite good and Giannis is still a conundrum, but we saw how decent Blake played against Giannis. And I think that will, that will give the, the Nets some confidence if it ends up with a, uh, a Bucks nets Eastern Conference Finals, for instance. Well, Miami got better, too. I mean, yep. they, they paid uh, Jimmy. Jimmy got his his extension, uh, getting Lowry. They re-upped Duncan Robinson for 50 mil. I think that's what he got. Well, how much Five-year, 90. 90 mil. Jesus. Okay. If you can shoot, guys, keep shooting. Um, but signing Lowry was a big deal. He's a big fan of Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's a big fan of him. I think he's going to fit in perfectly. I think he's going to have to get in better shape to play um, in Miami, but Miami got better. Uh, Chicago got better. I'm curious to see how Levine and Lonzo and De- DeRozan are going to play together. It seems like they're three of like the same player kind of um, with Vucevic and, and just seeing Chicago be very proactive, like even getting Vooch uh, at the trade deadline last year to get him there and then to go for Lonzo, which I think he's going to do perfectly, perfectly fine. Um, but they both got better as well. What do you think about Lonzo in Chicago with Levine? I love it. I love it. On the last podcast, I really wanted Lonzo to stay in New Orleans. I think that would have solved a lot of the problems that New Orleans seems to be making for themselves. Uh, I didn't understand the Valanchunas trade. I never understood uh, why they would uh, bring 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 that guy into their into their team, other than p- potentially to to have him be a trade piece for something else later. That's the only thing I can think about for Valanchunas. He's a very good post player. I think he's one of the best interior offensive post players that we have in the league, which is of course a dying breed. Right? He 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 can stretch the floor a little bit more than Stephen Adams. But anyway, Pelicans losing Lonzo was really sad for me. I really liked what the, the things that could happen with him and Ingram and Zion, which I talked about already, but Chicago, you said it, man, they were aggressive. They have been aggressive this last, I don't know, year. <laughs> it's, it's been very surprising considering where they have been as an organization from transactional standpoints. Like they, we assume everyone wants to play on the Chicago bulls, but that Jordan thing is it's, it's over 20 years ago now. A long and time. It's crazy that, you know, the dust is, is, is falling off of that. Um, and, and it hasn't been a destination for free agents for, for too many, you know, big name free agents. And I think Lonzo, uh, got a, a nice chunk of change. I think he got the money that he was looking for. Uh, and then the bulls got better. I just by having him, I think the bulls, if they added nobody else were better by having Lonzo ball on the court, because I, I can just see Lonzo throwing lobs to Zach Levine. I can see that in the fat, in the transition, And that's where I think Vucevic, that's also kind of a strange fit. Like, are they going to be a slowdown team? Are they going to be a half-court offense team? Are they going to try and get out and run? I'm not sure. I think Vuce kind of dictates that you need to slow down a little bit if you want him to be at his best. Um, But Lonzo finally shot the ball the way that we expected him to last season. And he shot near near 40%. It was like 38%. Uh, I saw on a post that he actually made more threes than Seth Curry. I, that's what, that's what I Can saw. Can you not get me started on this post? I'm still dealing with it today. <laughs> guys, you got to understand the kind of the people I love engaging with everybody on our page, but sometimes you guys are just wild. I don't know if you saw it, Drew, but this dude swears to God that it said Steph Curry and thought I was the biggest idiot in the world. And I'm like, look, read the freaking post. He's like, I read well, Steph Curry made more threes than everybody this year. I'm like, I know, bro. I know it says Seth Curry, please His brother. Since yeah. you read well. Okay. Yeah, and- just for everyone to be keyed in. 
Clips posted a, a, a nice little post about Lonzo shooting, and it listed all of these really surprising names that Lonzo made more threes than in this last season, which is, again, it's surprising because we didn't necessarily think Lonzo was hitting that many threes, but he shot eight threes a game, and he shot almost 40% from three. And so he made a lot of threes last year. Here's the list, Drew. It says Lonzo Ball made more threes last season than Trey Young, Paul George, Bradley Beal, Chris Middleton, Devin Booker, Seth Curry, and LeBron James, which is a pretty crazy list when you think it's about it. It's a huge it. list. That's it's why awesome it stuck. List. That's why it stuck out to me, right? But for whatever reason, this guy swears it says Steph Curry, even though he says he's a good reader and he follows us. So I'm sorry, dude. And Drew thinks that at some point he knew he was wrong and just kept going at me with this because he was frustrating me. You can tell by the caps locks that I posted I on the. I yeah what what I what I think happened is I think initially he was like that's wrong because that says Steph and then he realized he was wrong and then just said fuck it I'm just going to keep pushing this this Steph Curry thing because I'm not going to admit that I was wrong and I'm just going to troll this guy and I can see how frustrated Clips is going to get right now I think that's I think why I got sick did, last it, night I think what's that's that why, I think that's why I got sick last night I was just exhausted <laughs> if you guys don't know I'm not feeling well today so we're doing this pod because we got to get one out for you guys so I'm, I'm a little under the weather because of this guy so Chicago gets Lonzo they end up getting DeMar DeRozan they get Alex Caruso uh and they're I think they're pretty solid now I think they're a solid team I think Patrick Williams is still a guy that's going to develop I would love to see him you know grow a little bit more offensively this year um but I do think they got better and look same thing with Miami I think Miami got better with getting Kyle Lowry um I don't know how much better Lowry is than a fully healthy Goran Dragic but I do think it's a great fit. I think I think Lowry really wanted to be in Miami. And so I think that part of things, like when you're a free agent and you get to go where you where you really wanted to go and it happens for you, I think that can be huge uh, for a player coming into a new situation. And, of course, he seems to be best friends with Jimmy Butler. As, Toronto as, as was going to do him right, though. They were going to do Lowry right. Like we were, we're going to try to get you. Yeah, we're going to get you to where we where you want to go, or we're going to try our best. Yeah, and I guess Lowry really enjoyed Florida last year because he was like, you know what, Florida, Florida was okay. It's not cold down there. Not it's Florida. Like it's, it's Miami, Drew. It's Miami. Two. I know, but days. he was in Tampa for a whole year, and he goes, "Hey, Florida, Florida's not bad. It's not snowing in January, and I don't need I don't need six coats and and Under Armour gear to be just like walking in my mailbox." That's true. Um. So I think. But while while both of those teams got better, they didn't get better than the Bucks or the Nets. And I don't think either of those teams is going to compete for a championship. And again, predicated on full health. I don't think they're better. I, I, I maybe they're better than the Sixers. Yeah, maybe. But, but Drew, that's what you want to see. If you're a Chicago Bulls fan, this is what I want to see. Oh shit, they're okay. Lonzo, Demar. All right, we got a rookie, Pat Williams, Caruso, he'll be Caruso. Fun. Yeah, he'll be fun. I that instead of being just so stagnant, you're not making any moves. I, that's why it's shout out to Chicago. I think you're going to make the playoffs. I think you're going to make the playoffs. Well, they better. They better make the playoffs. We thought they were going to make the playoffs last year after the trade happened, and that just that just really went well, Levine, downhill. Levine got COVID six times, so it made it really <laughs> difficult. And but that, I do think Levine is the reason that they're doing this. Yes. I think they want to keep Zach Levine. His contract, I believe, is up in two years, mm-hmm. and they're showing him. They're like, "Look, we want to keep you. Let's let's build around you." And I think that's really important when you have a guy like Levine who can get into 25, 27, 30 points a game uh, in a league that you know really values that. You need that. You need at least one guy who can get you twenty five to thirty points a game 
on your team if you're going to be a serious uh, playoff team. And so I think they know that they need to show Zach that we're trying. Like, at least show him, hey, let's bring in some guys. Zach, I know you're in Tokyo. Do you like Lonzo? Great. Okay, we'll get him. You like Caruso? Cool. Done. DeMar DeRozan, in. I don't, that, that part is weird, I think, a little bit, right? Like that, We'll see how that works because DeMar and Zach are pretty similar neither of which can really play significant on-ball defense. I think Levine is like an underrated, lanky defender, and we're seeing him actually play some pretty good defense for Team USA right now. Uh, but I do think – I think they'll figure it out. And if they're going to be in the half court, like I expect them to be with Vucevic, DeMar adds significant value to their half court offense because the guy can get a bucket. If you need – if the shot clock is running down, we know Zach can get one. We also know DeMar can go ahead and, and do his little mid-range shit – and, and get a nice look at, at the rim. And I think um, Billy Donovan it, it, it is a good coach who will have to develop a system, and we'll see, we'll see what he has in mind uh, for that system with this whole new roster there. But I, I'm, I'm very happy for Chicago. I'm happy, happy for Lonzo and Caruso, of course. I, I, and to be honest, now that Caruso is on this team with Lonzo, who we this, this Clips and Drew is a, a pro-Lonzo podcast. From day one, we've been pro-Lonzo. We would love to see him kind of really excel, I think, both of us in, in this role for Chicago. And they're, they're like my second favorite team, I think, right now. I would, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to watch the Chicago Bulls play uh, outside of my, my Laker fandom. I think they might be my second favorite team now. The, the only other surprising thing to me was, like, you and I both – this is why I don't understand players. Like, we both thought Bobby Portis was uh, – and again – you know, Bobby Portis isn't MJ by any means, but Bobby Portis was an intricate part in winning that championship for the Bucks. We heard him on the Rosillo interview where he was talking about, you know, I got to look out for the future of my family. And if I got to get the bag somewhere else, he took like a million dollars more to sign a deal with Milwaukee. Like it was nothing big. It was kind of that, that Montrez Harrell thing that we talked about. Like we think he's going to try to go for 18, 19, 20. And it's like, okay, two years, 9 million. All right. Well, sweet. Yeah. Good job. I, I, I guess that's what the, like his agent was like, yeah, man, we're going to get paid. And then, and then it was like crickets when free agency started. And he goes, um, you know, I think the bucks have a pretty good offer here. Like, why, don't we, why don't we run that back one year? And back, we'll see, Bobby. We'll see what happens next year. Uh, yeah. But so the bucks, the bucks also are going to get uh, George Hill, who I believe was waived uh, today or yesterday. And they expect him to come, come back to Milwaukee, which I think is nice for them provide some depth in case, you know, they have this same injury problem uh, with their guards. And I think George Hill would have been huge for them in the finals. I think he would have played a lot mm-hmm. uh, and he's a better player than Jeff Teague. So I think mm-hmm. the Bucks should be happy with that. And they also got semi Ojale as kind of, I think kind of like a PJ Tucker replacement because PJ went to Miami as well. And Miami is just I, the heat culture thing. They're, they're hitting home runs with heat culture players right now. We'll see how it all turns out. But PJ is about as heat culture of a guy without ever having played for the Miami Heat, as I could possibly imagine, along with Lowry as well. But Semi Ojale is there now, and they lose, uh, they lose PJ. So I think that's that's they're fine. I think you know when when we look at Milwaukee, they they know that they didn't need to add much, right? They didn't need to add much. Just won a championship. Let's just make sure that we keep the guys that we want to keep, and that we try and stay healthy this year, and 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 then build on what we did because. I, to be quite honest, man, I think if, if everyone is honest about what happened last year, Milwaukee was not the best team in the league. The entire season, they were not the best team in the league. And even in the playoffs, they, they, they barely beat Kevin Durant by himself. So 
you know, I think there's a, still a lot left for them to improve on. And especially if we're talking about like a potential back-to-back situation, that is not in the cards for, for what I think this year is going to look like. But we'll see. If Giannis shoots 70%, they, they could abs- from the free throw line, they could absolutely <laughs> make a return to the finals again. Who knows? Uh, did you know, I got a fun fact. Did you know Nunn and THT went to the same high school? They went to Simeon. Did I did know not know that? that in Chicago. Yes, they did. They did. Um, I thought did that they was did they overlap at all? No, I mean no, no. Uh, none is like six years older than yeah, THT. I don't think. Yeah. yeah, but they're reunited. They played that's on the cool. Same high school team. Shout out to SGA for getting the one hundred seventy-two million dollar bag five year. I didn't think it was going to be that much, but shit, they paid him. Way to go, Mike Muscala. Also signed for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Your boy Muscala. Muscala, the the guy that the Lakers wanted. Instead of Zubat, that's that's our guy. That's our guy right there. We got him for free. He's still in the league. Mike Muscala. John Collins got the bag, uh, 125. 125 for five from Atlanta, which was interesting. But, I mean, got to pay the man. They were just throwing money out. And now it kind of, after day three, it kind of hits like, this little roadblock where it's like, all right, now we got to talk about Schroeder and Reggie and, you know, Iguodala is looking for a place to play, which I think a, a contender would love to have like warriors warriors. Most likely can go back to the warriors, which would be fine. Ubre is still out there. Like, like I know the Clippers were looking at him a little bit. I wouldn't be a big fan of taking Ubre. Um, I don't know. It's slim pickings right about now, Drew. Well, I, so I do think the Warriors, uh, we probably should talk a little bit about what they did. They, Steph got another $200 million deal. They got a four-year, I think it's four-year 215. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I know our boy Crompton was nervous that uh, Steph might leave for ah. whatever reason because he thought Lakeup is, is blowing it. He thinks Lakeup, the owner of the not Warriors. Not a fan. Not, he's not a fan of him right now. No, he's not. He doesn't. He's not. He's not supporting Lakeup like he did in 2016. Um, but they also got. Auto Porter, and I think that's really big. And they got uh, Bielitsa, Bielitsa, Nemanja, Bielitsa, and both of those guys I think will be kind of important for this Warriors team. And and of course, Clay Thompson, baby. That yeah. that's that's all I, I would just love to see him play in sixty five games this year. And NBA I got to tell you this: I was thinking about this when I was walking Kona this morning, and I was thinking about having Clay Thompson back on the court for the Warriors, and. I couldn't help it, but every time I thought about it, I think I'm going to be watching it. Like most warriors are going to be watching Clay Thompson like through their fingers, like like a like a scare, like a a terror movie, a horror movie, because they just don't want him to get injured again, right? So every time that Clay has like an awkward landing, or every time that Clay has like a you know a, takes a charge or falls down weird, everyone's just going to be like holding their breath. Is he okay? Right. Is he back up? All right, he's back up. And I think that's going to be very much an anxiety-driven season for Warriors fans watching Klay Thompson. But I do think the Warriors are going to be a lot better this year than they were last year uh, if he can come back. I mean, that's what we were saying, you know, before he tore his AC or his Achilles, right? It was ACL first and then Achilles. Fuck. Oh, man. And so that's, yeah, that's what we were saying before he tore his Achilles last year, right, right on draft night. Uh, but I, I, I do think the Warriors are, are, are doing well here to provide, like, the depth on the wing that I think they were lacking last year and that they didn't necessarily get the depth, like the ready NBA ready depth in their draft, as we already discussed uh, with their two draft picks being kind of young and, and, you know, unproven uh, these two guys that brought in Porter and Bielitsa are, are, are solid players for them. Um, and yeah, we just hope that that Wiseman is better and they still have Wiggins 
And uh, I think I think they'll be I think they'll be pretty good this year. They got a squad, but we both can agree that the NBA is just so much better with Clay Thompson and Rocco uh, in the arena. Rocco the dog, his favorite. Yes, partner, Rocco's the best. All right, give me your final thoughts, Drew. Uh, before we get into the final thoughts, I I do I want to say that I, I I hope the Dinwiddie deal goes through for the Wizards. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie coming off an ACL injury. Uh, who knows what he's going to look like athletically, but that guy is fucking solid. And he was too good to be buried on the bench uh, for the Nets. So I'm pretty stoked that he's going to get an opportunity to play alongside somebody like Brad Beal because he is he is solid player. I, I I hope that deal goes through for the Wizards, and I think that could be fun for them with this whole new roster. Be great for them, Dinwiddie with the with the new additions. Yeah, they'll be fun to watch, of course. Right, right. Uh, okay, so my final thoughts were, and this was something that I wrote down before free agency started. I'm curious if the young stars that are in small markets will actually attract free agents. So that was my whole like thing that I was thinking about. And what I was really referring to is like Zion in the Pelicans, right? New Orleans, small market for, for NBA. It's a great market for the NFL, but it's a small market for the NBA. Uh, Trey young Atlanta. I wouldn't necessarily say is a small market, but it's not, you know, one of the top four destinations, typically uh, Jokic, in Denver, Denver, pretty small market, I would say, uh, you know, again, not bottom of the barrel. Uh, and then Giannis, right? These are these are young. Giannis is the oldest one on this list, but these are young guys. Uh, and then Luca as well. Dallas, I wouldn't consider a small market, but it's also not in the top you know, five markets. And we didn't have a lot of uh, of guys go, hey, I want to go play in Milwaukee. Hey, I want to go play in New Orleans. I want to go play in, in Dallas or Atlanta. That's always been the question mark. And I think something that these small market teams always kind of, they, they always t tend to bring up how difficult it is to be a small market team when it comes to free agency like this. And I think it is skewed, but it's unfortunate. Um, and then we, so based on that, the Pelicans did nothing. We discussed that. So nobody wants to come play with Zion, which I think is very interesting. And I thought potentially him being there could have lured Lowry or CP or something like that. We'll see about the Reggie Jackson stuff that we brought up or, or, or Schroeder stuff that we brought up. Uh, but nobody, nobody said, I want to go play for the new Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the Hawks with Trey young, nobody, they got Gorgie Jang as a backup center and uh, Solomon Hills back, but Trey got paid. And I think they have a pretty good roster around him already. So I think maybe that question was answered last off season when, with Danilo and, and Bogdanovich and, and those guys heading that way. So maybe that was, maybe that was a yes for, for Atlanta, uh, Denver, as I discussed already, they, they, they signed Jeff green. Uh, they re-signed Will Barton. They re-signed Jermichael green and Austin rivers, uh, for one year. No big names in that though. Jeff green, I think is nice. Jermichael green, virtually they're like the same guy. I, so they got two of those guys now, which is fine. I think Jeff green did well to get some more money in his back pocket this year. Uh, but again, no real huge names to that want to like raise their hand and say, I want to play with Jokic and Murray. Uh, and then Milwaukee, we discussed already, nothing. And it, it just brings something to, to the foreground. Like we're talking about the big names, right? Like New York, both Brooklyn and the Knicks got a lot of, you know, pretty decent names in there. Miami, a lot of big names, LA Lakers are just signing everybody Clippers. We remains to be seen, but you know, it, it is, it's an interesting topic every year where, where these small market teams that have these really like burgeoning stars, like, you know, I don't, I don't know if there would be another 
team in, in the entire NBA that would say I would take anybody other than Zion right now. If you were starting a franchise from scratch, I think Zion might be the number one pick. Maybe after Giannis, so who knows? Maybe after Kevin Durant, I don't know. But Zion is up there, and they have Ingram as well. And and you know with Trey and Luca, all these things. Like I always assume that level of talent would want to drive people. And we always think that too. I think when we talk about, you know, potentially landing free agents for these small markets, it should be intriguing to want to play with these guys, but it never seems to shake out that way. And well, it's something that I was, I was looking forward to see this year and it, and it kind of went the way that it always does. You, you have a really good point. And I think the surprising one is Luca at this moment, you know, like why can't they get, you know, the superstar free agents again, though, Drew, there has to be money for the big time free agents. That Dallas money. has money. I that, mean, no, they, Dallas they definitely. They re-signed Tim Hardaway to a four-year deal. They signed Reggie Bullock. They got right. Boban re-signed, and they got uh, Sterling Brown. Uh, so, I mean, they they had money to spend, especially given what they what they paid Timmy. I thought maybe they would be a spot for Lowry. Maybe yeah, they would be a spot again, for Drew, one like, of these guys. Like, like that's why it's weird why Dame doesn't have anybody. Like, why can't Dame get somebody that wants to come up and play with me? Right? Like, geez, that's another example. Right? It's it's shocking, but and it kind of sucks, Drew. It sucks that L.A. and New York and Miami is where everybody wants to be. Right? We know if you want to try to get this ring, you got to go to L.A. You got to go to Brooklyn right now. That's just how it is. It it also depends on your age too. Like, if you're a younger guy, a younger guy coming up, like if John Collins chose to go to Dallas for $125 million. I'd totally get it. Right. Cause I think Dallas is going to be closer to winning a title than Atlanta is, even though they were, they were close, but I just don't know. It sucks, Drew. It sucks that players will literally take pennies on the dollar to go play in LA or New York because they really, really want to get that chip. I, and also like with the Pelicans, they got to do something with the, with the coach. You know what I mean? Like we got to have a better coach down there. Oh no, they, they signed, um, oh, who Willie they green. They That's got right. Willie green. green, former Clipper. That's right. They yeah. Willie green. green. I think how do we... I, unproven, right. It'll be his first right. head coaching job, but I, I like him. I think he's, he's also put in the work, uh, to be, you know, uh, considered. I think he's been an assistant for a long time. He was assistant with the warriors. I think he's been an assistant for the Pelicans for a while. He was an assistant on the Suns last year. Uh, he's been around. I mean, of course, he was a, a, a player for like 10 years or something like that, nine, 10 years. Uh, but I like I like, get, you know, giving him a chance here and seeing what he can do. And same thing with what you said about Denver, like Denver doesn't need to many make many adjustments to their. Well, Jamal to be out for the almost the entire year. Jamal Murray is going to be out for virtually three quarters of the season, I think. Again, really? Is it really that bad? He it's tore his ACL. Remember, he know, tore his ACL. Was, that was I mean. That was be- against the Warriors, like oh, like three weeks, like a three was four it? weeks before the playoffs. It feels like he didn't even play last year, anyways. That's why I'm like Jesus, man. But but Drew, when you have they already maxed him, right? So the the money is already committed to him. So how much money do you really have to give out to these other guys? That's why when you have cap space like Chicago had and like New York has, you have to like. I think they could have done. New York just could have done better with the Fournier thing. Like I just really think throwing that money. I think they're throwing it away. I I honestly I would have liked to see DeRozan go to the Knicks. Yes. Instead yes. of Fournier, you throw that money at DeRozan, mm-hmm. and I think that is a better fit. And I think DeRozan provides some stuff that they really need at a higher level than Fournier does. That would have been what I would have done as 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 the Knicks. But this front office with the the, the, the Knicks front office is making moves, and we're seeing them you know, trying to put some shit together here. So I, 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 you know, I think Knicks fans should feel pretty good about what they got. And yes, they can be disappointed with Fournier, but at least they got somebody, yeah, you know, at least, at least it somebody. wasn't another year where they're like, here's another three power forwards. 
Um, so my final thought isn't as deep as you, um, but I wanted to kind of talk about Top Shot, which we haven't talked about in a lot, in a lot of time or in a few podcasts. And I know I get hit up by a few of our listeners that are in the Top Shot market right now, but I thought something really cool that you and I got to talk about yesterday when you were up in my house was, uh, unfortunately, Drew's not going to be able to come to Summer League with the Basketball News crew. He's got one of his 16 weddings that he's going to. Um, I'll be out there for from the 9th through the 12th. And it was really cool because I'm heavy into Top Shot and these digital, digital collectibles. Uh, but Top Shot is doing something brand new. And they're going to be at Summer League. And they're going to be offering moments in real life, IRL, that you can purchase if you're in the arena, and this is something that's going to be happening moving forward for collectibles, probably in every other arena, like every arena that you're in, you might be able to purchase these moments of games that you're at. And my goal, Drew, and I told this to you yesterday, my goal is to be on a top shot moment because I'm going to be at, I'm going to be there all day. You have to see where the cameras are. You got to see where the cameras are. Well, so you can purchase, so you can buy up to 10 moments that they will mint that night. So there's, I think there's eight games a day and they'll pick, uh, you know, for however many moments that you want from that, you can't, you can't pick your moments that you want. They will draw airdrop into your account. Um, they can't be of rookies like Cade Cunningham can't have his first top shot in summer league. Um, his first top shot moment, but there's going to be really cool moments. And I think just moving forward, uh, in the collector space, I thought it'd be just really cool for people to be buying these moments of things that you're at. This is going to happen for concerts. I think it's going to happen at NFL games. It's going to happen in, you know, just in real time, in real life, you're going to be able to buy moments from the games that you're at. And I'm really excited about it because I think it's super cool. And maybe, maybe it's just because that I'm heavy into the NFT space, but I think the goal, my final thought is the goal is for me to be on a top shot moment. So that is the goal. I'm going to be purchasing five moments per day. All right. So that's going to give me 20 shots to get into a shot in a top shot moment. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think we got to get strategic on this here because I think you you need to identify where where these cameras are. A lot of the moments uh, that, that I've seen, they usually have two or three different angles to them. Uh, so I think the, the most important part of this is I think you need to be sitting on one of the basket sides, right? You can't be sitting dead center if you want to get it on a moment. Mm-hmm. You need to be leaning one way or the other closer to one of the baskets, right? Because that's, that's where the moments are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think that there's a chance that you get in a moment. But again, seating is going to be of the utmost importance. And it's going to be really important for you to be like feet on the court as well for us to, you know, maybe if you're second row, maybe you get, you know, if someone can see you, but unless you're on the court, mm-hmm. most people aren't going to see you in that moment. Uh, so I, I like this quest. I, I'm hopeful that it happens. I, I, the odds are against you, right? We know that the odds are against you, but I think there's a possibility here. I th- so two things I'm going to do. We're going to see how the moments are minted after the first day on on the on the on the eighth. I won't be at the eighth. I get there Monday morning. I'll be there the ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. Um, we'll see how those moments turn out. Where I need to be, um, and then should I wear like a bright yellow hat or something, or maybe like a bright red Clipper hat or something? Yes. Um, yes. Something identifiable uh, that that you can go. Oh, that that might be me. 
that could be me. And then, yeah. So yeah, definitely bring, bring your, you know, the bright red clipper hat. Okay. Maybe wear something, you know, a shirt that, that is, that is standout ish. Well, you don't think I'm rocking the clips the new clips and drew tees, which are being delivered today, by the way, I'm going to be rocking that. Perfect. Um, Perfect. We're also, we're doing some really cool shit with basketball news out there. We have a gifting suite. We're going to be able to, you know, meet some of these rookies, these players, some um, sponsors. We're doing a 25 hour live stream which is going to be intense. All of us have two hour slots, which I think a few of us are going to have to run it back. I was told by our CEO that I might have to, if I have to do the three 30 AM to 6 AM, I might have to do that one. And I asked You're him doing why. the graveyard shift. Yeah. Like why, why do I get that? Why can't I get prime time? I better get a little bit of prime time. Jeez. Um, but we're doing some really cool things. We're going to be representing for Clips and Drew out there and the whole basketball news family. There's going to be a lot of basketball. It's going to be on NBA TV, ESPN2. All the rookies are going to be there. All 30 teams are going to be there. Uh, there was games last night, and our boy Davion Mitchell showed out last night on the Kings, like looked really, really good. Also, I heard the Kings are making a big push for Pascal Siakam right now. Big, which which would be just detrimental to our Dishes and Dimes crew who just lost Kyle Lowry to Miami. Um, but Pascal could be a good pickup. That So the Kings are a team that we didn't bring up uh, in the free agency stuff because they didn't really do much. Uh, Davion looks ready. Right. Uh, as far as defending goes, I mean, look, the, the point guards that he was going up against uh, for, for the team, they were, who, uh, they were playing against uh, Utah? Who are they playing against? I don't even know. I can't remember who they're playing against. But he ripped one guy hard, like just just complete cookies, and then and then almost scored the layup, but got fouled. Uh, Davion is it's a solid pickup for them, uh, even though he's older and and his shooting is you know questionable. I guess his free throw shooting good last night. Free throw shooting is bad, mm-hmm. but his uh, shooting in general, I think, will remains to be seen if he can knock down a consistent three point shot from the NBA range. Pascal Siakam is another guy that we didn't mention on Toronto. I think, you know, we, we, we talked about his blow up last year uh, where he was had to be restrained uh, yelling at Nick Nurse and he got suspended for a game for that altercation. I do think he's probably on his way out. I mean, look, I don't think Nick Nurse is a guy that's going to hold a grudge necessarily. Um, and he finished the season while still being in Tampa. And maybe it was just too much. Maybe maybe being on the road was just a little too much. Pascal and I don't blame him that's a lot of Florida that's a lot of Florida Florida it's two years of Florida uh and and you weren't expecting two years of Florida so uh you know I I would not be surprised to see Pascal go somewhere if it's the Kings that's great for for the Kings what's worse Uh, Florida or Sacramento yeah I you know I just I do think that Pascal might have reached his ceiling you know what I'm saying we 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 knew that he had some room to grow and then he really hit his peak the year that Kawhi left he was doing a lot of really good stuff and then kind of fell back down uh, to where he is now. So maybe it, maybe a change of scenery is, is the best for Pascal. I'm not sure necessarily what what the what the Raptors would want from the Kings in return for him. But that could be that could be interesting. I'm sure Bagley will be involved then if they have Siakam. They don't they don't need Bagley. Well, Heald's still there, too. So and like, Heald is still. But they got right. Jerry. They, they got Gary Trent. They just signed Gary Trent to more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if, if Siakam goes to Sacramento or anywhere. Uh, for that matter. All right. Be on the lookout for the, the clips and drew first top shot. Hopefully that this works coming next week. We might even do a a podcast while I'm there. And that would be kind of cool if we can finagle that to happen. But uh, anyways, enjoy the summer league. Drew, enjoy your wedding. Uh, We're going to come back at you shortly. Hopefully the Clippers will figure all of this shit out 
before our next show. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm heading to Vermont, which I've, I've, I was there once and I was like a baby. I was like two years old. And apparently we went to the Ben and Jerry's uh, ice cream factory out there in Vermont. And uh, I had a great time. Apparently, last time I was in Vermont, it was like, you know, 30 years ago. So uh, shout out to uh, to to Vermont. And if there's anybody listening that has like recommendations uh, we're going to be out like we're, we're out in the cuts a little bit. We're up in the in the in the trees, in the forests at an air uh, not an Airbnb. It's just a regular B&B. This is this is not this is not Airbnb. There's this no air. Just, it's just a B&B. Just, just B&B. Yeah, this is land ground Bed and breakfast. That's what you get. Right. So uh, I don't know if we're going to be close to like Burlington or any any cool spots like that, but uh, should be a fun trip. We're excited to get out there and uh, and and celebrate uh, Casey's my, my fiance's good friends getting married. So uh, I, I'm bummed out. I couldn't be at summer league. I'll tell you that much. But this this should be a fun trip for me. You'll be with us. You'll be with me in spirit, bro. We're gonna That's crush right. it. Clips and Drew is representing hard at the NBA summer league. So, anyways, we'll be back soon. Episode two hundred two in the books, and we're ghosts. You know what it is. You know what it is. You know where you're at. This is the. Book.